My name is Sean Thomas. I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you gonna get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was gonna be easy. No handouts, no excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas, back in the building. Be More Today Show, season four. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. Happy New Year to each and every last one of you. It's been a journey going through 2022, and now we're in 2023. Excited for newness, excited for greatness, and excited to be more today. As you already know, be More Today is a movement. We are everywhere on Facebook, on Instagram. So please follow us and subscribe. We appreciate you being a part of our journey. BeMoreToday.com is everything from my book to our podcast, to our swag store, our more merch. Go on there. Of course, on YouTube, you can find the show as well. Be More Today on YouTube. Please check us out. We are now heard in 69 countries, over 34,000 downloads. It's all thanks to your love and support that we continue to keep this movement going. My quote for today is simple as always. When you hold on to the why, the what 
and the how take care of themselves. Come on, folks. 2023 is that time. We are trying to figure out what our why is. And some of you already know. And you've made moves to push forward, to be great, to start new things, to end bad things, whatever the case may be. But when you hold on to the why, right? The what and the how, those things are going to happen regardless. You're going to find a way to push through. You're going to find a way to figure out your legacy, your newness, your greatness, your business, your book, your class, your whatever. You're going to figure that thing out, but you got to figure out your why. What that thing is going to be for you and why are you going to be on this earth to make a difference in this world? And each of us has something that we can do, right? Can contribute to make this thing great. And as we start this new year, I encourage you, I implore you to go out there and just figure out how you're going to be better for those around you, not just for yourself, but for those around you to make whatever you have, your skill set, your training, uh, your experiences, a part of the greater picture to make this place a better place. And my guest for today's show is the embodiment of that. He is a two-timer on this show now. He was with us for a previous season, uh, back in season two, March of 2021. And he's back now with uh, a new attitude and a new title. Uh, his name is Dr. Now, David uh, Bruton. Now, David, Dr. David Bruton Jr. is a former athlete turned physical therapist. Graduated from the University of Colorado in 2021. So he is a new grad, but doing great things now in the community. David is the founder of Bruton's Books, a childhood literacy foundation, and between the lines, physical therapy. David was a former safety for the Denver Broncos for seven years and a one year with the Washington Red Redskins football team, or Washington football team now. And during his tenure with the Broncos, he was the captain for three years and won Super Bowl 50. If you guys remember from the show, we talked about that. After retirement, David followed his heart towards a lifelong passion for the profession of what I love, physical therapy and having a collaborative relationship with patients to help them return to their prior level of function and beyond. David's passion for providing great health care has ignited, uh, and it was ignited as a youth playing sports, where his PTs throughout every single page of his, of his playing career helped him achieve and return to a high level of play. That love was continuously reinforced throughout the physical therapists, throughout college and professionally. And Dr. Bruton has been dedicating his life to educating himself in order to provide the best patient care through multiple certifications and seeking further learning opportunities. He's also an active member of the Scholarship Endowment Board at CU and is co-president of the CUPT Alumni Association. Aside from his love for PT, David loves his wife and kids, cycling, working out, board games, snowboarding, and giving back to the community. Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage again, but now as a doctor, uh, for the first guest for season four, Dr. David Bruton. Dr. David, what is going on? Man, oh shoot, you, you done told the whole world what's going on for 69 countries that you're in. Uh, no, shoot, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Just out here in Colorado, we got a little bit of snow, but nothing like Buffalo or so count my blessings there because the kids have to go to school. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, you were on our, our show for season two back in uh, 21. Uh, we were still growing at that time. Now we're on season four and I've seen your journey. Again, I, I'm thankful for the downstate community here in Brooklyn for uh, helping us to meet each other. And we met through a program. We were mentoring some younger people who were trying to be great. 
and we connected and we had you on the show. We talked about being in school and being a, a Super Bowl champ and what you wanted to do with concussion therapy and everything else. And now you are here uh, living the dream. So, Dr. Bruton Jr., what does it feel like? How has the journey been? You are now a full-fledged doctor of physical therapy. What's going on? How's it feeling? Man, it, it's, it was insane. You know, it, it's still surreal that it's almost a year since I've had my license um, and been a practicing physical therapist. I remember from when we had that last show to taking boards, like a lot has changed. My wife and I were having having a kid again. Um, you know, she's now one, but she was born September 1st. My boards was October 30th. So I didn't start studying until September 1st because I was also in clinical. So I just had a lot of things going on. But by the grace of God and, you know, some true discipline and actually locking myself in a room to study, you know, I was able to able to get it done. So with that, you know, after passing the boards and graduating, kind of decided after having a good conversation with my wife to, you know, do our own thing and open up a clinic here in Denver, Um more so because I've seen the way how healthcare works and how insurance can get ugly and, you know, the limitations that are placed on some PT practices, especially new startups with, um, with credentialing or, you know, reimbursement and things of that nature. Um, it just didn't seem feasible to do a insurance based PT clinic or fall into, fall into line with a lot of the other clinics out here because it's just a mill. And I wanted to avoid being a mill. I wanted to avoid PT burnout um, with whether that's myself, a uh, potential PT will bring on here in the future. I didn't want to lose the authenticity and love and passion for it. I wanted to keep that creative mindset and just having that brain fresh, no matter who walks through the door. Yo, you're speaking to me real loud right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know this at all. So I was contemplating my, my listeners and I was contemplating going on my own and doing my own therapy thing uh last year sometime and I was getting some things together I was actually looking at commercial real estate and seeing what's going on with the same mindset you're talking about looking at reimbursement rates looking at PT burnout looking at healthcare in America and just how it's so volume based and just you know I wanted something different I wanted something just better um yeah, yeah. and I was this close to signing a lease actually uh in a place that was downtown Brooklyn and then I had a change of heart and, and I talked to my wife and we had a discussion and my job actually and I spoke about just trying to make sure that I, we could change the 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 structure a little bit for mm -hmm. all clinicians to feel like they weren't just going out there and just seeing people, but really being able to apply their skill set and being able to really give that one on one or at least quality care, you know, to our clients. Because, again, like you say, that's something that we as students, we look forward to, you know, you learn anything in the school, you want to come out and you want to give your best, give your all to yeah. anyone and everyone you meet. And sometimes based on where you are, uh, either where you're working or the environment you're, you're working in, that's not always feasible. It's not always the case. So yeah. um, we made some changes on our end as well. I, I don't cool. have my own practice yet, um, but it's still, it's still in the mix. And I love hearing stories of people like you who said, you know what? Let's just flip the script and just do this. So yeah. I, I I give you kudos. And I really want to talk about Between the Lions. I know you and I talked about you doing your own thing. And many people say, yeah, I want to do my own thing. But to do it is different than just saying it. And now you're actually doing it. So talk to us and the listeners about Between the Lions PT, uh, what it is, where it's located, and what makes you so special or makes it so special compared to other places in, in the area. 
you know, between the lines, physical therapy is my baby. Um, played around with a lot of different lot names for the clinic. And, you know, I wanted to be a sports-based PT clinic that had a concussion focus. And, you know, we're always talking about go hard between the lines, play to the whistle, things of that nature. So just these adages and sayings that I would hear throughout my whole playing career is why that, that name stuck. So we we were actually seeing people out of either our house or at their house for a long period of time. So finding a lease out here in Colorado was tough. Um, and then I was very fortunate enough to work with an old at an old teammate's gym for a few months there where I helped him train as well as treated people out of the gym. And we built a great relationship there. And I'm very appreciative of, of that relationship. And we landed on a lease finally here August 31st. And between the lines, it's just we've been designing it, building it out. We have a gym because I've always wanted a PT clinic with a gym. Like I, I'm a firm believer that you're not going to see any change unless you stress the system. Like I don't believe that you can stress the system solely off a TheraVan. Maybe as an intro deal, but for life, like we do nothing with a TheraVan. Everything is your weight and gravity. So if you can't tolerate, if you can tolerate more than your weight and gravity, then you're going to set yourself up for better success and able to handle different investments. Thank you, Larry. Be careful, babe. <laughs> All right, Lily knocked down something. Um, yeah, so I kind of follow the mantra. We kind of have that mindset of reset, relearn, and reinforce here at, at Between the Lines, where we utilize that hour-long treatment session that's geared towards, you know, the first 20, 25 minutes is geared towards resetting the muscle, whether that's addressing mobility, whether that's addressing trigger points, um, improving activation, things of that nature. And then we use that last 35 or so minutes for strength, for relearning how to move, you know, and actually doing it with weight and with some type of stress, some type of cognitive deal, something that puts that stress on that body, just so the body adapts and learns how to do it. Because we never do anything in isolation. Something's always going on. We've always, we're always carrying something. You know, you're not just squatting from a toilet, especially if you have a kid, you're squatting and picking up, you know, a 20-some pound baby. So, like, there's things, it's very practical, and I want to keep that in mind as I'm running this, this PT practice. And now, tapping into that concussion thing, that's my baby. Like, that's why my career came to an end, that concussion. Um, my final concussion out of the six that are on record, no idea how many I actually have had. But... You know, that, that's something that I was very passionate about and knew going into PT school. And I believe we talked about this back in March of 2021. That's what I wanted to do. There was no way I was going to have a PT clinic and not have a concussion room or a focus to it. So we built, built out this room where we have virtual reality. We utilize the ocular glasses. We, um, we're, we're trying to come up with a, a, um, assessment uh, a screen before season whether that includes a brain mapping includes um reaction reactionary time things of that nature um because we see that the impact test is flawed and we've seen it uh in higher level athletes such as Peyton Manning saying like yeah I would just test dumb to to pass it just in case I'm like Peyton you'd never test dumb like there's no way that Peyton Manning would ever test dumb but he would kind of fudged the test one way. So if something ever happened, he was still, he could go back to it and say, yeah, I'm actually healthy. I'm actually still doing what my baseline is, even though he might've got his bell rung. So I want to do something where we eliminate that, that chance of that second impact 
or second concussion syndrome or PCSS or anything like that, white, because I know the detriment that it can have from, you know, from me personally. And then I've seen it with former NFL athletes, former teammates as in DT, you know, things that just trying to avoid, you know, putting somebody at risk to have something so detrimental happen in their life. Yo, that's incredible. You know, I, I remember our conversations about it. And I remember talking about the concussions you had, the six of them. And I don't think I realized at that time that your career was ending because of the concussions. Um, I remember you talking about them and them being traumatic, clearly. But I didn't recognize that that was why, you know, you, you stepped away from the game. And the fact that you now, with your perspective and your experience, you having experienced concussions and now knowing the background, you know, in terms of therapy, how to treat people who are dealing with these things, dizziness and whatever else, I think it's great. I think it's great because you bring now a very unique perspective to the healthcare system and you can really tap into a whole demographic of people. Uh, we're talking high school, college, um, pro that have been through these things and hopefully can prevent these things from happening more in the future. So I salute all of you, you know, for that thing. And I think that that's going to be a game changer for our field. Um, because a lot of these things, and I'm, I'm sure it, it sounds like you're doing more like a cash-based system or a hybrid of some sort. But, you know, when it comes to insurances, these things aren't always taken care of. And mm -hmm. when it comes to an issue like that, where there's a barrier of any sort, I think people kind of stray away from that and say, you know, well, forget it. It's not a big deal. But then those people will get hurt in the, in the long run, will get hurt in the interim. So you giving access to this care and this service is a game changer. And um, I'm, I'm curious now, as you're talking about the BR stuff that you're doing, and as we saw from and continue to see in the NFL, there were so many things happening this year with concussions being on blast. Uh, right. Literally, just like with social media, you're seeing everything uh, uh, from the Tua situation to others who uh, are just seeing the signs of concussion and, and the lack of the proper uh, protocols being set in place. So, you know, what are your thoughts as a player now, as a doctor of physical therapy on how we can handle uh, these situations? What are your thoughts on how the NFL is, is taking care of and addressing these issues at this time? You know, I, I did see from my rookie year on, there has been a change as far as how concussions are treated. Like when I had my very first concussion in the league, I missed two weeks of training camp. And all I did was sit in a dark room or stay at home, nothing else going on for for a week and a half of it before I started being introduced back into, into the clinic. Obviously, we see that now there's a shift that's give that first 40, 24, 48 hours of rest, and now you start exposing them to exercise, cognitive testing, things of that nature. Um, so we definitely have seen a shift in that regard. But there is still a lot of people forget that there is still a power dynamic between the team and the player. And then the doctors have to decide, are we for the team or are we for the player? So there's all, there's that, that professional conundrum and you're thinking, um, ethically, you should think about the player. Like the dual situation, there's no way in hell, and excuse my language, there's no way in hell that you would see that man hit the ground get up and wobble and collapse again and not think something neuro is going on. Like there's no way. Common sense, people who didn't, haven't had a, a formal uh, formal education in regards to concussions could see that, could know that. You put it back on the field. Four days later, you think he's not going to get hit in the head? 
I mean, don't get me wrong. The Dolphins are playing well, but are they, is their quarterback never going to get touched? No. So, like, you you blatantly put him at risk. So, for that doctor, was he working for the team? Mm-hmm. Was he working for the player? Mm-hmm. And in that in that light, he's working for the team. And a lot of teams – I can only speak for so many, but I would assume, like, the team has the greater power. And and the league is based on getting back onto the field as quickly as possible. Treatment in, treatment in the league is more of a triage. Mm-hmm. You know, let's slap a Band-Aid on it. Let's get you to feel somewhat better. Can you perform? Like, because sometimes somebody performing at 70% still better than uh, somebody else at 100%. Things, things of that nature. So you're looking at performance, getting them back on the field. It's 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 a triage during the season. Yeah. So I, I definitely had – I had thoughts of wanting to, you know, work in the professional ranks and things of that nature. But – I don't I don't enjoy the idea of just like triaging and trying to get somebody back on the field for 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 the team. I want to keep it pure. I want to keep it where it's between the player and I. Like I want to keep it where or the family or their medical team. I don't want to just push you have to get back out there. Because for the team's sake, for them to make money, for them to win, for them to make the playoffs. Like the next guy should be able to perform, maybe not the same as you. But enough to get that job done, yeah. and the team should have prepared him. So that whole Tua situation really, really sucked because I'm like, how how the heck did we have this huge push and concussion changes, and how we hit people and things from the 2010 2011 lockout, make all this progress and still are making the same damn mistakes mm-hmm. from back when? Yeah. Yeah. So I've never had a concussion ever. Right. I've, I've, I've done a number of sports that but they were all like, you know, track and field and cross country, whatever else. Basketball is probably the most uh, uh, contact based sport I ever played. Right. And that's not really a concussion based sport. Um, but the last couple of guests we had on the show, we had a, a boxer, um, Kiara, who had a concussion that kind of held her on hold for boxing for a little bit. We had Tiki Barber on the show uh, the last uh, episode before you. He talked about concussions as well. And now you talking about concussions, right? And all the things that you've gone through. I'm just curious now as a therapist, right? When you see people who are either trying to avoid these things or have gone through concussions or concussion protocol, you know, what are some of the things that you're showing them or would be showing them in your clinic? And what are some of the signs that you're, you're looking for when you see someone come in your clinic and say, oh, you know, uh, maybe I have a headache or I have a history of concussions. Just want to t- kind of see what's going on. Now that you have this platform between the lines, you have all the equipment and the knowledge base for these things. What's a typical protocol or, or a typical assessment that you do for athletes or even you know regular people who are coming in mentioning concussion-like symptoms inside? You know, so concussion symptoms are, are, are subjective. So you're doing your best and you're having that going about it diligently, just trying to collect as much information as you possibly can as far as what their symptoms are. Are there key words that they're saying, like, is the room is spinning, like there's dizziness and then the room is spinning. And then you're like, OK, that's going to push me towards vestibular stuff. Like I'm thinking there's something going on with the inner ear. And then you're also looking at different assessments like the bombs where we're looking at ocular motor, you know, how the eyes are tracking. Is it psychotic? How now? How is it beating? Is the eyes beating one way when they look one way or the beating no matter which way they look, because then you're like, oh, crap, it's now central. Now we're thinking a little bit more extreme, right? And possibly referring out in that case. 
Um, so I do I do my due diligence as far as testing, doing subjective, testing the ocular motor, testing the neck. Neck's a huge role because that plays a role in that dizziness as well, and testing that that inner ear. Um, just trying to narrow down what is the more what should take priority as far as our treatment, which because they're all going to be involved in the concussion. Like it's rare that it's one thing. They're all playing. They're all playing a role. So with once I gather that information, say it's with a kid and the parents in the room, I'm over here explaining as I'm going through what I'm looking for, what I'm seeing, and making sure they're well versed as far as what what to expect. And then we're there's a lot of patient education, especially in that that initial eval. I try to at least give them something to do, you know, for home, introduce it here at the clinic, but something for home because the assessment I feel like takes about 40, 45 minutes if I'm doing it digital, uh, diligently, which I would never subpar that because it's my baby. Right. Um, so, you know, that gives us 15 minutes to go over some type of exercise, introduce them to it, talk about some symptom management stuff. So that's that's typically what, what that looks like. It's just being very diligent and, um, and direct as far as my approach and collecting as much information. So the next time I see them, see them, I have uh, a better formulated game plan. I can tell, like, we should dress the steeler greater than every, anything. Um, and then I'm just using, and then, you know, we start using those tools where, say, they have motion sensitivity. We can throw them on the roller coaster with VR, and let's start at 10 miles per hour. Okay, I'm doing fine at 10. Let's jump to 20 miles per hour. Okay, I'm just going to work our way until we bump up against that. They start feeling some symptoms, and then we back off, and we stay right there. And if that's going fine, then we start throwing some other stuff. Okay, so I'm going to ask you questions while this is rolling. Mm -hmm. That cognitive aspect. Okay, I'm going to give you the hand ones, and you're going to have to shoot the, like, for this one kid, shoot the aliens that pop up off the roller coaster. Like, you have to focus on that. Just trying to make it, just trying to trying to find a way to progress the patient, but do it in a safe way. And that's kind of what, what I what I'm all all about. And then we also do some type of stress testing, whether that's uh, kicking the soccer ball and running up and down the turf while answering cognitive stuff once you're once we feel like you're ready for it. So there's a lot that goes into that assessment. And I'm just pulling that information as far as those tests, what the person likes, and trying to create a treatment plan that meets both to help that patient get back to on the field, return to school, which is a big one because everybody thinks just return to play. I mean, most mostly everybody, every athlete is a student athlete. So they're student first, athlete second. Like we got to be able to get you back to school first before we worry about getting back to the to the field. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and you know, I I I I don't really have a lot of experience with the virtual stuff, the VR stuff. We didn't do a lot of those things when I was in school at all. But it's clearly trending now and becoming a bigger thing, not just in terms of healthcare, but also in terms of you know natural regular activities so many people are doing more vr things in terms of their everyday lives so mm -hmm. it makes sense that we're doing those things and i'm i'm impressed at how we can uh combine the virtual reality with our current level of pt knowledge to trigger you know all the systems and really mm -hmm. get us back to doing like you said back to school and back to sports so that that's great that's great you know i i'm i'm someone who really likes all these things and it's occurred to me that you know there are a lot of pop-up uh, spots like between the lines and others who are going to be changing this healthcare game 
And I love it. I, I think that the whole theme that you're saying about resetting, relearning, and reinforcing is a big one. And I think that's something that we all try to do as clinicians. We try to do those things and we may do them inadvertently, but, you know, having the the mantra of, of making sure that that's going to be the everyday process for every patient, I think is key because some of us really get caught in just trying to do uh, the relearning and the reinforcing, right? Trying mm-hmm. to reinforce your behaviors, trying to relearn certain things, but not really resetting and getting back to that beginning of whatever you have to do, whether it's called, talking about concussion therapy or protocols, just talking about a regular standard um, knee problem or ankle problem or back problem, mm-hmm. really resetting the system is a good thing. And I think I lose sight of that sometimes as a clinician because sometimes we're so focused on the problem and trying to fix the problem. We're really having a reset button, whether you're talking about, you know, an injury or an issue or even something that is uh, uh, based on vestibular or even internal. Those things are key. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that just gives me a better insight of even for me looking at trying to reset other systems for my patients. So I, I love the theme. I love the mantra. I think it's great. I know that you work together with, uh, you're not by yourself, you have a co-owner who's also part of your team, right? Uh, your wife, Tina. So what's that like working with her and and now starting this baby along with your new baby uh, from the ground up? How's that going? You know, it, it's going well. You know, my, my wife has been an A1, you know, all-star. Uh, she, she did most of the decorations. She had this vision with her and a good friend to, you know, change this clinic to what it looks like today. It was, it was very 1984 brown carpet, things of that nature. Of course, she put me in the manual labor with all these changes, but, uh, you know, she had this vision for what a clinic should look like, what we should look like as a, as a PT clinic. Um, and, you know, she keeps things, keeps things in check, you know, because sometimes, and I, I'm at fault for, oh, shoot, we need another BFR thing. You know, we need another one of these. Well, and she's like, you know what? Let's calm down until we get those, get enough, bring another PT in when we need actually another one. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I need to do bilateral limb stuff, I have vault, air bands, and things of that nature. But they're the same as the Delphi. No, but they get the job done. Um, so she's she's very reasonable in that regard. And, you know, I... I love having having my wife here when she's here, and we just get to talk about like what's our game plan for the for next week. What's our marketing push? You know, because as a business owner, I can't just worry about about the patients. I gotta also think about the business and getting the name out there. So we just did, we're just doing the big marketing push and had videographers and things of that nature. So she just she does a great job of keeping things in line and keeping things in perspective for me because I had this grandiose vision. Like I'm already thinking about knocking this wall out next door and eating into the spot there. She was like, well, we got three years. Let's focus on our walls now. Yeah. And then when we get closer to it, then you can have that. That is a great goal to have, but let's not talk about eating into it already within year one. Right. So, right, um, right. so she, so yeah, it's been, it's been great. And she's dating our young one. She comes and helps out because sometimes she's, she's with Tina when she comes to work. So, you know, I have Dayton's high chair in here. And they, so there's things in here that Dayton can play with when, when it's downtime. So, um, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's great. And then, you know, the other, the other kiddos, uh, Lily especially has helped with, she just picked out the pictures to go into our other private treatment room. There's like 20 of them. So we're going to have 20 little skeleton deals that she decided on. So we have a piece of the family in every single 
aspect of this clinic. And that's what I want to do. Like, I don't, I want to make sure family stays part of it. There's some people that believe that business before family. And I am, I'm not that guy. Like if something happens, say my oldest has a call with me and think, and he's pressing, like I will step away from a patient to make sure I take care of it. And like, yeah, we will pick this back up. Just give me a few minutes, you know, because my family is going to, going to come first. And I would hope that, and I would hope to never lose sight of that because my family is why I'm here. You know, I got out of the league with the concussions so I could be an active dad. So I could be the same dad that I was with my oldest as I am with uh, for for my youngest to be play, to play with them, uh, cheer at their game, to, you know, be active and not worry about, you know, symptoms and being fogged out or irritated all the dang time or something along those lines. I wanted to give them the same dad that Jaden got you know, as we're pretty much starting to new to get back to 17, 18 years old with Dayton. Um, so that's, that's why I made that, made that ultimate decision is to for the family, especially with those residual symptoms I still had going on and just having that in perspective, this is, I'm making this decision for my family so I can be a part of their life. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big time statement, Dave. You know, I, I, I talked to a friend of mine uh, pretty often about being, Superman at home and being Superman at the job. And I think that sometimes, and you could probably test this as well, you know, we, we, because bring back some football for you, right? As a Super Bowl champ, I'm sure you went hard when you were training. You were just all over it. You were in it to win it. Nothing was something that you weren't going to do. You were all over it. You were Superman on the field. Um, and then sometimes, you know, we as fathers, as now business owners, right? We get into this situation where we, feel like we have to do that for our job as well. We're just giving our job our all. And sometimes when you go home, there's nothing left because you're giving yeah. everything to this baby. But mm-hmm. then child, you have other babies and other things at home. So being Superman at home and being Superman at, 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 at your work is sometimes difficult to balance. And, yeah. you know, I'm always curious for those who are in a situation that's similar to me. I'm not a business owner in the sense of having a brick and mortar like you. But, you know, there are a, a number of therapists who listen to the show and watch this show who also want to go out there and do their own businesses and start their own startups and have uh, brick and mortars as well. But they're afraid. They're afraid of the things that you're talking about. They're afraid of not being able to balance, um, you know, home and, and work, not being able to be a Superman at home and at the job, not being able to have time for family and not being able to really balance what the healthcare demands are when it comes to reimbursements to insurances to patient numbers to all those different things also make sure you take care of your family but by also giving your family time at the end of your day in terms of energy in terms of all those things so how are you balancing this thing you know what 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 tips would you share with with people who are trying to say you know what i want to go out there and do my own thing but i'm afraid that a you know it's not going to be successful because we know that just talking to other owners, it takes a couple months to really bring in some money. We know these mm-hmm. things, right? But yeah. also just looking at the the time that it takes to really put into building a practice and making it successful the way you want to make it. So as you've now been doing this for a year, you've been out and, and, and really doing your own thing between the lines, what are some thoughts and maybe some tips you can share with the listeners about success and what success looks like uh, for someone who's trying to really start up and begin a new legacy? I mean, I think the big thing for me when I when I decided that I was going to do my own thing, my wife and I decided we were going to do our own thing was do we take insurance or do we take cash? 
And then we got, we looked at a business coach and put together a financial sheet and seen what it would look like per month to reach a certain dollar to break even, say rent was $3,500 a month. And we also paying myself and paying my wife, things of that nature. Just honestly honing in on the number of patients you have to see per day to break even. So we looked at it where, okay, there's 19 working days a month on average. Some some months are 20, some are 21, but most, most of the time it's around that 19. So we looked at, okay, for insurance with reimbursement here in Colorado, on average is between 50, 60 bucks per patient. So you're looking at that, my average per day, I'd have to see 13. So I wouldn't see actual profit to put back into the business and everything unless I got 18 consistently. That forces me to reduce patient care the 30 minutes. Now I'm now I'm having to turn and burn. Turn and burn day in and day out. Look at it with the cash-based deal. You know, set you set a price point comparative to the market. You do all your research and diligence there. Uh right now, at our current price, I'd have to see 4.1 patients a day to break even. The max I can see in my hour-long sessions, because I'll I'll work 10 hours, but I have that hour lunch, is 10, 10 people. I'm going to be fresh. If I get to that point where I'm seeing 10 people a day, I'm going to be fresher at 10 than that person who's seeing that 18 at the end of the day. And now I'm ready. I'm able to go home, and I'm like, I still have all this energy. I didn't burn, burn through patients left and right, having to recharge, having to shove food down my throat real quick to get back to the next patient. I have energy there. You know, I think if the reimbursement was a little different here in Colorado, say it was around the 80, 90, then it would be a different conversation. You know, I'd have to see one and a half patients per one patient to make that even. Um, so you you have to you have to weigh it as far as what's what's true, what what's more important to you in regards to, you know, or do you feel like you're gonna get burnt out? What's your five-year goal? Can you sustain that for five years? Can you sustain 18 people a day for five years on top of opening up a business on top of the marketing on top of if you have a family or want to start a family. Like I feel like a lot of business owners lose the sight of reality when it comes to the time that comes, comes with opening up a business. It's not just patient care. And, you know, I knew there was going to be some things I'd have to do, but there it's actually, there's actually been more than I even expected. And I expected to still do a lot. I have to do a lot. So you have to you have to be realistic with yourself as far as what's what's important, what's the priority, and are you trying to make are you trying to make big bucks? You you know, are you trying to make sure the family's good and sustainable? Like what what is your goal? And my goal was I didn't want to be burnt out. I didn't want to I didn't want to feel like crap and not be able to go to a soccer match or take the kids to a uh, daddy daughter dance or anything like that. I didn't want to get to that point where I'm just, I'm gassed. And I, I was in a few clinics where towards the end of my clinical rotation, I was seeing 16 to 18 people a day and then having to do those notes. Like, so it's eating into your family time or you're staying up. I was like, no, I can't live like that. I won't live like that. I don't think PT should be like that because you're not giving them true quality care. Sure, if it's an upper trap tension from lifting, sure, that could be quick. But you know, there's other there's other things 
that go on with a person aside from just that trigger point, from just this hurts. Well, why it hurts? Why is this? You know, um, so I I, I kind of just weighed it out with my wife. Like we decided to do it this way. Understanding insurance is a headache and a nightmare. We had our reasons to go cash based, but you have to set real. I think my biggest advice is set realistic time goals. It's like, do you really feel like you're going to be able to have a family or be involved in your family, seeing 18 people a day and being a hundred percent within? There's some people who can, like you said, as dads, like we're always, we always got to be super, right? We go to work, we're super there, come home. You know, the kids don't just want to chill. They want, okay, dad's home. We're going to rough house. Like that's what it's like. There's no, there's no like, oh, let's bake this, let's do this, you know, let's do arts and crafts. No, it's like legit royal rumble and that thing. Let's go to the bed. Let's, you know, suplex things of that nature. Yeah. So and that and I wanted to, I want to do that. So that's why I refuse to put myself in a position where, you know, I couldn't do that. I would be so tired from doing that. There's no way. I got you. No, you're absolutely right. I come home, my daughter's like, all right, daddy, we're gonna go upstairs. We're gonna play tag first. Yeah. And then we're going to have you throw me on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a game, huh? Yeah. yeah. Throw me on the bed a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> no problem. And then we'll play a lot subjective, like a lot for me or a lot for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's 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 that you want to come home to that. You want to come home and you want to be 100% for all of that because someone told me and they made it very simple. They said, you have 18 summers. You have roughly 18 summers, right? Yep. With with your daughter, your son, whoever. And then after that, things are kind of, you know, weird. It's college and whatever else happened after that. But you have 18 summers of really just enjoying all of this stuff. So enjoy all of it. Enjoy all of it to the max and make sure you don't miss all the things. And then, yeah, I agree with you. There there are many times where I said to myself, look, I'm, I'm missing out. All the things I'm up late at night doing these notes. I'm I'm not really having time just to be present. I'm in the room, we're in the house, but I'm I'm in a different room doing catching up on whatever else. And I wasn't feeling that. So I made some adjustments on my end to make sure I could do that. But the bigger picture, I think, for you as you do this between the lines thing is that you have now this entire structure that you control. And now this is your your baby, and you can do what you want to do to uh, share your knowledge and your experience with your patients. And then structure it well enough so that you can still have time for family. And I appreciate that. That's so much. And it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, you know, I, I've talked to a number of um, athletes who come on the show who've been through concussions before. And one of the things that does come up is CTE, right? And, and now that you are a therapist looking at um, people who have gone through concussions and as a player, right, a Super Bowl champ has also gone through concussions themselves. I'm curious for you if, um, you know, you have continued to experience anything uh, as a result of the concussion you've had in terms of memory loss, depression, uh, any of those things that, that you know, when we talk about CTE, again, chronic traumatic encephalopathy and those things that come with concussions um, that we see as we diagnose people, you know, posthumously, but a number of NFL players and others who've been through this have experienced things as they've gotten older. So, you know, I'm curious for you as now you've stepped away from the game, you know, you've, you've gotten into 
a career that you love and adore, um, and you're able to share experience with, with other patients, do you experience anything, any lasting effects from the days that you played? And if if so, you know, would you mind just sharing what some of those things may be? Yeah, I still experience a few things, you know, um, one being headaches. I have, I get these almost, and sometimes debilitating headaches, you know, once, twice a week. Um, I have convergence deficiency, so I get a chance to show that to a patient where my left eye doesn't track. That's one of those ocular motor things that you would look at with a, with a patient. Um, I did have a stretch where I did have a little irritability, things really got under my skin that never would. Like I was like, my tone is just chill. Like that's just my tone and I rarely get worked up, but something would just set me off. And then, you know, early on in, in my in my schooling of the, after calling it quits from the league, I had a hard time with learning. Like my, just that pathway of learning was completely different and changed. Like I was always that guy I was called a nerd in the locker room where, you know, I would see something, I would be able to process pretty much all of it, and not just my position, but every other position around there. So it got to a point where, like, I could go out there and play linebacker. I played DN for a game versus the Chargers one uh, one year, maybe twice twice that year. Played dime linebacker most of, you know, most of 2015 when we won the Super Bowl. Played safety. Could play corner some in college. Like that was just my my thing. Like I took the classroom as seriously as on the field because I know the more I could do, you know, the the longer my career could be, the more value I brought to the team. It couldn't be any more real when you get to the league when you're talking about no money, talking about player numbers, talking about cap space. Like couldn't be any more real than that. So I've definitely experienced I still experience some some symptoms from the concussions. Um, you know, memory, trying to retain information, definitely have to see things a couple times, have to write, write it down a couple of times. Can't just type it on the computer, actually have to write it a couple of times, you know, just for something to, to more so stick, highlight it, things of that nature. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't think about these things at all because again, never had a concussion ever in my life. But when you talk about people who have concussions and what they go through, once they get back into, um, playing or back to school, right? They're cleared. We don't really talk about the lasting effects that happen after that because we think, oh, well, they're back on the field, they're back in the classroom, they're good to go. But the lasting effects that you're mentioning are things that are real things. And I think that it's good for us to highlight those. And I'm glad that, again, you're in this arena now where you can really share so much information, personal, and what you've learned to your patients because You've been there. You know what's going on. You've been there at a high level. You know, I think it's one thing playing high school football or high school, whatever. But college, professionally, you know, that's just a different mindset. It's a different league. It's a different level. And you being able to play that and experience what you went through and come back from all those things is a gem that you can share with so many people. So I appreciate you. And I give you kudos for all you do. I think it's great. I'm excited for the work and and the clinic. And I just want to, you know, before we close out, just talk about, the the Rutan's books. I know you're still doing that, and I wanted to know how that's going. We talked about it last time on the show, and I was really excited about what you were doing in the community. You're still doing Rutan's books. How's it going, and and what's next for for that journey for you? You know, uh, we did have a golf outing in in August. Like so, literally, I spoke at a conference. We had a golf outing. I got the keys to the clinic all within four days. So wow. it was a very busy, very busy weekend. 
we had a golf outing, our very first one, and actually turned out a good amount of money to fund tutors here in the Denver Public Schools. Where we raised roughly thirty-four grand from that from that golf outing. Um, so we're looking to repeat it next year and keep funding tutors. So with that that amount of money, we're able to fund um, the online tutoring and two in people tutoring, in person tutoring for two years at a at a Denver Public School an elementary school here in Denver. Um, so that was that was huge. So our goal is for next year, try to double that and try to reach out into another school to give them that same type of type of grace because Denver Public Schools is definitely struggling literacy. Mm-hmm. Literacy-wise, um, one of the lowest scores in the country as far as literacy. Um, K through third grade continues to be our focus, trying to you, you know, you're you're learning to read in those those years, and then you read to learn after that. So if you can't if you can't grasp it at that young age, you're already behind the eight ball because you're no longer just trying to learn to read. You're supposed to read to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we're staying focused on that DPS area. Um, we gave bikes away last spring for kids uh, hitting their reading goals. Um, we've done done some appearances. We'll probably do the whole bike deal again next year. So. That's that's sorry. That's that's kind of our that's kind of our plan moving moving forward. But still, still love it. Still love doing it. Still love focusing on childhood literacy because it's it's near and dear to me. That's great. And you know, David, you're really embodiment of what Beat More Say is all about, and that's why I had to have you on this show again to kick off this new year. And I asked you two years ago what the phrase be more say meant to you. And I'm sure it may be a little different now because you're a doctor now, you know, and it is what it is. But David Bruton Jr., Dr. David Bruton Jr., when you hear the phrase be more today, what does that phrase mean to you? It, you know, it, it still means go above and beyond. You know, don't don't fall into the norm. Don't fall into the routine. Um, what can you do to be better, whether that's 1%? Whether that's opening up a book and just reading a little bit more on Achilles injuries, <laughs> sorry. Whether that's uh, you know taking some time, you know, just spending a little more time over that hour to give that patient some education, or being more present at, it, at your kiddo's soccer game and still being that wild, crazy parent over here cheering when they steal the ball or something along those lines. Just be more authentic, be yourself, be true, be real, be more. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Dr. Bruton, what is next for you? What's on the agenda for 2023, either for Between the Lines or Bruton's books or anything else fan-related? Um, what's what's the plan in 2023? You know, just keep keep building, keep putting our name out there for Between the Lines, trying to reach out there to more high schools and just have that access to care and try to set for some type of screening before kids start soccer season or football season. That's, that's kind of our goal there and try to get into a position where we are comfortable opening up one back in my hometown in Miamisburg, Ohio. So that's our, that's like our two, three year goal right there. So come 2023, end of 2023, 2024 sometime, we're hoping to be able to open one out there in Miamisburg, Ohio. Awesome. Well, if you do do that for sure, as you may remember, my wife is from Ohio, so maybe I'll meet you out there. We'll meet in person finally for the first sure. time. Yes, um, sir. That'd be great. That'd be great. Doctor, I really appreciate you being on the show. You've made the kickoff for the season one for the books, and 
proud of all your work. Where can people learn more about you and your clinic, either on social media or otherwise? Um, on Instagram, it's between the lines under uh, underscore PT. And then the website is between the lines PT.com. And then the charity charity website is bluesbooks.org. So we're all over the place. We stay busy. And then you can just find some of the good stuff on, on my own Instagram account with the underscore brute junior 30 on Instagram. So yeah, we we're doing it now and I'm gonna be a lot more active on Instagram because that's the way of the world and it's different for me, but you know, you gotta, gotta adapt. That's it. That's it. You gotta adapt. All right, champ. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being yeah. on the show today. You made this kickoff one for the books and I look forward to hearing more about your journey and about between the lines in the future. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. No problem. And folks, don't forget all the words he talked about. So many great things, right? He really talked about his why. The quote from today is simple. When you hold on to the why, the what and the how take care of themselves. He's done the work. He's done the school stuff. Now is it going to put his experience together and his passion for what he's been going through for the last couple of years into practice to help others to be more today? So like you said, be authentic, be you, be real, go out there and make this year the year where you continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you as always folks you can visit us on bemortoday.com for my book our swag store our podcast so everywhere subscribe 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 please we appreciate all your love and support and tune in next week as we join you again for another episode of the be more today show as i always say have a good day have a good night have a great life and continue to take your steps to be the best version of you we'll see you next week